Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only podcast sponsored by Workforce Dimensions Limited. I am John Phipps and I'm hammering through the intros this week as we've got loads to talk about this week. On the line now is a man who not only is probably still on a high after last night, we'll discuss that later, but this week has taken to approaching footballers in the UK's leading pharmacy-led health and beauty retailer. Their words, not mine. Uh, Matt Jarrod, how are you? Good, mate. Good. I'm going very high after last night's shenanigans. Yes, um... I went up to a Kent non-league footballer in a uh, a local boot store and, and introduced myself. So, um, it is weirdo, but we stuck up a conversation. I wished him well on his um, birth of his recent child and asked him how many goals he'd scored. So that man was, John? That was, it must have been Joe Taylor. It was Joe Taylor, yes. So, um, he was, you know, he's got two kids, young kids, he's the third one, so he probably didn't want me talking to him for too long, but I introduced myself to Kent Only Podcast and good chat to him. He's quite a big lad as well, so um, you can see why he causes defence problems. And it gave me thinking, where is the strangest place you've met? Non-league footballers or even footballers, of course. That's the second one. After I saw Mark Ricketts at that Christmas fair, is there anywhere else? Where can I go next to introduce myself to strange... Well, a strange man like myself to non-league footballers or even footballers? Uh, I met Andy Hessenthaler in Portugal. Uh, really? But it was what, during what, Euro 2004 at an England game, so it wasn't that rogue that he was there. Was Andy Hessenthaler's gold up England Bulldog t-shirt giving it large? Uh, no, he wasn't. No, he was fine. He was on good form. Uh, where, where was it? Where, where was it? In the ground? Uh, no, it was outside the ground in uh, or, or near to the ground in Coimbra uh, when England were playing there in, in 2004. So. Did you went up to him, hello Andy, I love you. Pretty, well, well, I would have said that, of course, now, but... Yeah, well, we, we had a chat with him, had a picture. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, Next time you speak to him, do you, do you remember? Did you ask him? Do you remember me talking to you in Euro 2004? He probably won't. But uh, yeah, I might uh, yeah, I might bring that up with him next time I see him. But that is <laughs> okay. yeah, that is a true story. Uh, where else have I met random people? I mean, no, I'm not, not really met any, any footballers in, in sort of random situations. I don't go around supermarkets and shops looking <laughs> well, for I, footballers. Well, I thought, I thought, I, I reckon that's Joe Taylor. And I thought, oh, I was with my eldest daughter, and and she sort of, what are you doing, Dad? And I sort of introduced him. But he, yeah, he's in party game. It, it's Sunday afternoon in a, in a boot store, so he's hardly going to be, oh, he'll go away, mate. So, But if you are listening, Joe, congratulations on the baby. Congratulations on scoring 28 goals a season. So um, the 31 must be around the corner. Yeah, you did just say then as well, Joe Taylor's got two young kids and a third one just been born. He probably doesn't want to talk to you for too long. What what, what excuse can I give then? <laughs> well, that's true. That is true. So, um, I don't know. No, yeah, you, you, you could probably... Yeah, you have to speak to me, mate. You have to speak to me. Yes. Um, for, your different, yeah, for, your, for your comedy value, really. Oh, I, I actually, actually, and this is true, have a contract that says I have to speak to you yes, yeah, <laughs> every week. That, yeah, that is true. Yeah, that, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, so I need to find some other... Well, well, I presume, as I'm a lot older than non-league footballers, there's probably a place where non-league footballers hang out, and I can probably just turn up and say, oh, oh hello, non-league footballer. So if there is a place in Kent where you know that non-league footballers hang out, maybe I should go there and introduce myself, so if anybody knows that. And if anybody out there has seen any random non-league footballers doing their shopping in Waitrose, please let us know. And talking of shopping, actually, we had a conversation on Monday night. Uh, I received a... 
uh, a special voucher from Sainsbury's entitling me to Nectar Points, as apparently over the course of 2019, I was the second highest purchaser of Highland Spring bottled water. Uh, now, Matt Gerrard told me that he received a similar voucher uh, for being 13th in, in another food matter. Matt, tell me, is it something horribly middle class? Very horribly middle class, yes. We are in the Thanet Westwood Cross Sainsbury's, which is a very good store, which we basically are always in there, uh, we were the 13th highest purchaser of brie. Brie! <laughs> very middle class, isn't it? We'd say, yes, uh, yeah, brie. So we do buy a lot of brie because we do like a bacon and brie baguette. But uh, when I got it, I thought that is very middle class, which... which Probably pleased me a little bit, wouldn't it? It wasn't, I don't know, something random, but yeah, thirteenth highest, thirteenth highest spender of brie in, in Thanet, which I probably should put on my Twitter bio. Really, oh, you I? definitely should. You absolutely should. Uh, we're rattling three things. Um, I may have seen my my tweet last night um, from my personal account about what a good day it was for Matt because not only uh, did Dover win, but also Matt, you you lost three points last night. Yeah, you have to remind me. Yes, when we went to. Uh, Welling against Lincoln. Um, Lincoln, if anybody speaks to me, I'll tell you about Lincoln. Uh, not on this pod, but uh, yeah, I got three points. After I dropped John off at this railway station, I thought, yeah, I'll just carry on, sped off, and I didn't realise there was a, a ticket machine, three, uh, you know, a speed camera three years ago, and I got done. And I finally got off the system, so I'm back down to zero. So um, absolutely delighted with that. And it was a, all in all a good day. That was a good day as well. But um, yeah, three points up, three points gained, three points lost. What a day for in the Gerald household it was yesterday. Yeah, things like that day at Welling are part of the reason why the Kent Non-League podcast uh, exists. And also, Matt, I would say it's probably safe to say that although I'm not going to let you talk about your Lincoln mate, he doesn't bother listening to stuff like this, does he? No, no, no. no. And, he, and he was an absolute beep. There you go. <laughs> uh, I know you have been watching The Walking Dead incessantly, but you were telling me I should watch Inside Number 9. What's that all about yeah. this week then? Have you seen that programme before? Nine. I've seen a couple of them. Yeah, very very good. This week it's about football. Oh, and it's got uh, David Morrissey in it. If you're a good actor, he's in The Walking Dead. Enough. Ralph Little. Yeah, anybody I'd recommend it. When I um my dad, when I saw my mum and dad yesterday for football, they said, "Oh, have you seen it?" And I said, "No." And my dad's words: "Even your mum, who's not a big football fan, thought it was brilliant." Well, so there you go. High so praise indeed. You can watch that and let me know what you think. It's a very funny program. It's uh, about Inside Number Nine. They're very clever. Pendleton and the other guy, I can't remember his name, but Cheers, very, very funny program. So, yeah, very good program. And this week's about football. And I think it, even, even if you're not a football fan, you'd enjoy it. And, and it's a very clever program, that is. So, yeah, watch that. And I would, uh, I look forward to your views on that next week, John. Okay, well, it's all obviously about Love Island in our house at the minute. We're, uh, we are watching it in again. In the office here, people are banging on about Love Island. Uh, I don't know, it's it's, it's, it's so. Castro Moore this week. It's like the best week. Well, let me try and sum it up then. So there's 12 people in the villa. Um, yeah. that, several of them in, in couples. Uh, they've been together for like three, four weeks. And uh, they then took all the lads and put them in another villa with uh, six uh, attractive young ladies and then put six <laughs> fellas in with the original girls and basically wait for all these relationships that have been built over the past month to absolutely disintegrate in front of our eyes. Is that happening? Is it? Oh yeah, there's there's one there's one uh, lad called Callum who um is with this girl called uh, Shauna who uh if if he got home and found his rabbit in the uh in the pot he wouldn't be shocked she's she's an absolute 
absolute uh, nut job. But but she's a really nice girl, but she's just really insecure, and that's kind of gone across on it. Yeah, and uh, he's he, he's. Like TV, unfortunately, with the problems with this program they've had before. Yeah. They sort of they're looking for that sort of thing, obviously. Yeah, and he got, he's from Manchester, she's from London, and then there's this new girl who lives literally round the corner from him uh, called Molly. And uh, I think it's safe to say that uh, when he's going to be taking Molly back to the villa, and uh, later on this week it will all be kicking off. But you don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. But I don't, yeah, people in the office are talking about it. So. He was talking about, about Love Island. Office, you see on the news that people said that blokes shouldn't be talking about football banter because it leaves women out. Yeah. I didn't say that when these ladies in our office are waffling about Love Island again. That felt me a little bit left out because I'm not watching that rubbish. So, Absolutely, it's more know. it's more of this everyday office sexism, Matt. And uh, one day we'll have my my thoughts on how air conditioning is the most sexist <laughs> thing uh, ever invented yeah. because it's been invented so that men who are wearing suits and shirts and ties aren't sweltering while women wearing strappy tops and short skirts are freezing cold. Oh, bless them! Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. that is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. There you go. No, well, that sounds like on the air conditioning pod that must be out there somewhere. Oh, there's definitely an air conditioning podcast. Anyway, uh, in Kent Non-League Football Podcast, it's our 109th episode this week. I've got absolutely no pop culture references about the number. So here's some actual number facts. There are exactly 109 different families of subsets of a three-element set whose union includes all three elements. Uh, 109 different loops, invertible but not necessarily associative binary operations with an identity on six elements. And 109 squares and infinite chessboard that can be reached by a knight within three moves. Uh, that could perhaps be deemed number wang if I had even the first idea about what that meant, because I never really got into Peep Show. Uh, anyway. Is it worth to be can't be divided? Is it a prime number? It is a prime number, number. yeah, very good. Because it can't be, can't be divided by anything. No. Very good. It is a prime number. Uh, Anyway, let's move on to football. And this week, there is only one place we can start. On Tuesday, no, 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 no. you can calm down over there, Matt. The FA Vars takes place on Saturday, the last 16. And for the second year running, there are two Southern Counties East League sides involved. Last year, the two both went on to reach the semi-final. So this year, we're hoping for more of the same. An interview from each side to come then. We will start with Deal Town, who were, as we all know, the last Kent team to win the FA Vars. 20 years on, they're heading to concert on Saturday for a big tie. And before that, Matt spoke to, spoke to a former five-a-side teammate of his, who also plays, thankfully, at a significantly higher level. It's Deal Town, Steve O'Brien. Well, I think, to Dell and Kingy, I think um, Dell's obviously been around a long time at the club and he said that he thinks the biggest game since he's been there and I think he's been there 19 years from reading it earlier so big game for the club um, I think they've got probably about a couple hundred people going up at least so a lot of people making an effort to get up there which I think will be you know something something the players will really appreciate Yourself, you're a school teacher. Again, concept. I think I worked out as over 700 mile round trip. So you can't do that on a Saturday morning. Are you going up in advance? Yeah, I've been given the go ahead. Luckily to leave at lunch. So the coach is leaving. Um, deal just after lunchtime. I think we've got a couple of pick up points on the way, and then long old trip up there on on Friday night. So yeah, we've got two nights, two nights up in. Sort of, um, I think we're staying. I don't know if we're staying in Newcastle or nearby, but yeah, we're 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 near the grounds. Um, yeah, something a bit different. I mean, I've never never gone away before and actually stayed stayed with sort of overnight with the club, so it'll be quite yeah, something a bit different. Yeah, concept, uh, they're they're fourth in their division, the Northern League Division One. I think they're going to score a lot of goals. Do you know much about them? Have you is there 
is Kingy and uh, Dale been able to to, to uh, scout them or anything, or is it you going on there, sort of just going up there on a whim, so to speak? Well, knowing Kingy, he's probably spoken to about seventy-four people already. <laughs> um, I think from what I think he's um, done done a little bit of homework the best he can. Um, I heard that concept scout was at our game on Saturday, so. Um, Luckily, I didn't see a great performance from us, I think, actually. So, um, hopefully we can hit them by surprise next weekend. But, yeah, I'm sure Kingy King will have done his homework. And we got, we're got training Tuesday, Thursday this week. So, I'm pretty sure he'll he'll have us prepped um, the best he can to, to kind of deal with that. I suppose you look at it, as, uh, you're playing against a northern side. It'd be different style of football as well. So, that's... It's something to look forward to as well. You know, we've had sides in this competition and we've gone quite long into the competition and they've played other sides in the scaffold. So I presume from your point of view, you were delighted not to get Corinthian and you could go and play a totally different side. Yeah, I think Corinthian have uh, been a bit of a bogey side for us. They're, they're quite a strong side in our league now, uh, sort of last couple of seasons and play some good football to be fair to them. Um, Concert play, well, from what we've heard, on 3G as well. So, um, I mean, obviously we train on a 3G, so we're we're quite we're quite used to that surface. I think it's quite a nice change. We we have got a few people that like to sort of get the ball down and and, and keep the ball if we can. Um, so it probably probably suit us fairly well. Um, but yeah, I think from from what we've seen, I mean, we've only really been following them probably for a few weeks since we knew the draw. But they score lots of goals, um, and I, well, it, it'll be tough at any stage now. Now we've kind of got, only got a few games few games to go to get to Wembley it's going to be you know every team's going to be pretty decent um, that you come up against I think Do you look at it I know you could if you win this you're in the quarterfinals it's probably in the back of your mind Wembley as well you know no disrespect to you you get you know not at the start of your career that would be such an achievement wouldn't it? Oh, I think for for anyone no matter how old you are having that opportunity to you know even that remote chance it's still yeah, we, we've, got, we've still got to think that we're you know three games away, but every every game you tick off, it's yeah. You know, there's, there's that extra bit of buzz around the changing room, extra bit of buzz on match days and so on. It's just that it, I think it's brought the team together a lot. Actually, we've noticed that that we'll you know a lot all the players all the players really work for each other. And I think that the team spirit sort of at an all time high. You look at it, that. You saw the scenes after the penalty shootout last time. That again, whatever happens, you'll always have that memory. And you know, speaking to to Steve King afterwards and James Tompkins, Tompkins, that was a, a moment you'll never forget. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I've, I've I've played played quite a lot of games um, throughout. You know, the time where I have played for different clubs, and you can probably count on one hand the amount of times that you you kind of get that that highs and lows I think we were 3-1 down in the shootout um, we had to score both our penalties and rely on them missing one and then I think we had two two penalties to win in sudden death after that and missed both chances and you thought you know the amount of times we thought oh we, we could be through we're out and it was just it was like that the whole way the whole way through the game really so um, you know to come through that you just think and earlier on I think the first game we played we were Three one down away at Westside, I think it was. Um, came back to win four three. So, yeah, we were dead and buried in that game as well. Um, so, you kind of you do have to look at that and think, could it be? Um, but 
yeah, we just got to take take next week. We know it's going to be a really tough game, but we'll we'll give it everything we've got. And um, yeah, I think I think the team spirit is is really good at the minute. And personally, personally, you're pleased how it's going. You know, you've had problems with your knees before. You've said you're more of a defender now. You're pleased how it's going with a deal because you've settled there for a while. You've been there for a number of years. Yeah, well, I've been I've been at deal on um, sort of two two separate occasions now, and obviously, yeah, I think I think the clubs the clubs growing all the time. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm at the stage now where I'm 32, be 33 soon. Um, and yeah, I have to look at it as you know, it's just a, it's a bonus for me with with. You know, problems I have had with my knee to, to still be playing but I'm, I know I'm lucky I'm quite naturally fitting so it doesn't take me long to regain fitness but you know it's, it's a bonus for me with, with what I've problems I've had with my knee to just be be playing obviously the more games I can play and you know to get to play on these occasions is is obviously you know something that you you have to kind of cherish especially at this stage where, as you say, you, you don't know how many more chances you're going to get. So, there you go. We wish you all the best this weekend and hopefully um, we'll be speaking to somebody from the club next week. You'll be in the next round. Finally, for my fellow presenter, John Phipps, you've played football with me. How good am I? Well, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to put into words um, your natural ability, Matt. I think the amount of times I've, I've given you the ball and just let you work your magic, I think... You caused all sorts of havoc, I think, um, tripping over, stumbling and a few missed passes here and there, but, yeah. You, you, you can't... You can't solid, solid 7 out of 10. So, hey, well, that's all I can ask for, Stephen. I appreciate your time this evening, mate. He tried to be polite about you there, Matt, but um, uh, you, you were crap, weren't you? Yeah, 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 he's a good lad, OB. Um, I've known him for a while. I used to know his brother pretty well, Paul O'Brien, who had a decent career for you. Dover and Margate for injuries and Paul and Steve's had that injury as well with his knee but he is a really good lad he's got a lovely left foot you know he's fought back there and, he, and he's doing really well at deal he's deal got quite a young side as I mentioned there and he's quite an experienced hold head and you can see the excitement for it what a big weekend it is for, for deal he mentions how many supporters they're taking up yeah, we don't know how good concert are. They've won a few games I think as he said there they lost last week but they'll go up with absolutely no fear and you know, when you spoke to Steve King before, how excited he is and the players involved. Maybe they are doing it the hard way. Can they get to the next round? It's going to be a tough ask, but they're going to enjoy themselves this weekend. And fingers crossed, they can at least come back with a draw and have a, a second bite of the cherry. But we're really looking forward to that. And for Obi's sake, because he is such a top bloke, I really hope they can get something from it. I think it's interesting because if we're being brutally honest, although we talk up all of our Kent teams, I didn't really think they had much of a, a chance against Binfield, especially when it went to a replay. Uh, yeah. But they did so well to get through that. And they must be going up there on Saturday or Friday. They're going to have a great weekend away, good bit of team building, and they have got absolutely nothing to fear when they play Contact. Because if they lose that game... Two, three, even four, five nil. They've still done fantastically well to reach this. Now I think having that lack of pressure on you is going to be good for Deal. Yeah, I presume Concept must be favourites. They're fifth in the league, aren't they? Again, the Northern League's normally pretty good in this competition. Sides have won it over the last few years. So on a three G surface, could work to the home seeds, home sides' advantage as well. Yeah, there's no pressure if you're looking at it. Seven hundred mile trip. People are going to say concert are going to win, but deal will be organised, as he said there. Steve King would have done his homework. Let's see what they can do. But fingers crossed, and most importantly, have a great weekend away. And if they can bring something back as well, that'd be absolutely fantastic. And if they do win that, there will be memories of 2000 coming out for some of the deal supporters, I'm sure. 
yeah, I mean that that obviously twenty years ago as well. It would be a beautiful bit of uh, of, of symmetry, I suppose, for them to win it because we've been waiting a long time for for a, a Kent side to win uh, the FA Vars again, and, and you know deal. In another aspect as well, you you see a lot of teams who are chasing around the top of the table. Deal were lucky in in terms of the fact that they're not going to get promoted this season. So all their eggs are in this basket. Whereas, you know, even Corinthian, who we'll talk about later, and the other teams in the Vars who we think are going to go well, they're all focusing on the league as well. Whereas Deal can kind of look at it. And, and by all accounts, there, Steve O'Brien said they didn't play particularly well on Saturday. So... You know, are they all just focusing on the Vars? And I think that that can help them in the competition. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it is. Deal at the start of the season, they weren't one of the sides we were tipping to to, to to be at the top end of the table, and they are where they are. Where we're expecting them to be, but they're building up players. They utilise players. The contacts they've got, a little bit of experience in there, but it means so much for these for these guys now going in this competition. All eggs in one basket. Fingers, fingers crossed they can get something from it. Really, uh, yeah, it's been a great season for them. When you think about it, what they've done there, Derek Hare's still going strong at 70. The passion you've got from people like Steve King, who really does a great job at that club. This will be icing on the cake for them if they can get there. You know, it's Wednesday now. A couple of, you know, by Saturday, they're going to be absolutely buzzing for it. And fingers crossed it works. Yeah, I can tell you that uh, Consett are second favourites with the bookmakers uh, to win the Vars at 6-1. to one. Deal Town are available at 33-1. to one. Uh, Corinthian and Sporting Calcio, who both play on Saturday, are 25-1. to one. And Stowmarket Town, uh, who beat Glebe in the last round, are the favourites at 2-1. to one. Uh, So we will see what happens uh, with that yeah, one. They, so, they, they won every single game, Stowmarket, something. They're unbeaten. They're unbeaten yeah, all right. season. So that's yeah. going to be... Uh, that, that's going to be. But they've got a... A, t- a tough time against Wroxham actually on Saturday, so I think that that will be one they'll have to. Wroxham, they've done well in this competition before, haven't they? Exactly. So that's going to be an interesting yeah. tie, uh, as well as deal obviously Scaffold Highflyers. Corinthian are in action in the FA Vars last year. They reached a second round prop and didn't even manage to play a team from outside their own league, uh, beating Fisher, Glebe, the aforementioned Deal Town, before losing to eventual semi-finalist Canterbury City. This year, believe it or not, it's been the same so far. They've beaten Sheppard United, Canterbury City and Chatham Town to reach this stage. But now they are taking on side from outside the county when Sporting Calsa visit on Saturday. Calsa currently is hit fourth in the Midland Premier League, which is a league even tighter than the scaffold. In fact, despite being fourth, they are just a point behind leaders Heather St. John's, who are tied on points at the top with the marvellously named Newark Flow Serve and the less excitingly monikered... Coventry United. Uh, it's now one twenty on Wednesday lunchtime. I'm not actually going to be speaking to our next guest uh, for nearly four hours. So hopefully, what you're about to hear is a good interview with Corinthian midfielder Oscar Housego. I remember sort of coming up through the youth system at Corinthians, always going to watch the first team playing in ours. Um, I was lucky enough to uh, sort of play and being involved with the first team since I was sort of 16, 17. Um, and we've always done fairly well in the Vars. Um, I remember when we went down to Exmouth away a few seasons ago um, and that was I think last 16 as well um, so yeah the competition's always been pretty good for us um, yeah no look very much so looking forward to it and do you know much about Sporting Calsa? Uh personally I don't I've seen a few clips online um, I think they've got some of their a few games on uh, YouTube and stuff like that um, but I know Michael's went up to see them Oh, last night actually. Um, they were playing in a cup game, I think. Um, so he'll come back and uh, give us some more information on Thursday, I'm sure. 
how does he go about prepping you with that then? Will he will he just give you all the information and kind of just sort of make you as best prepared as you can be? Yeah, we try not to go too overboard on uh, other teams because in the past we've found that if we go too far overboard um, and not focusing on ourselves, we often come unstuck. But um, so yeah, he'll often give us sort of key information, sort of shape key players, where they're strong, where they're weak, um, but not like overboard. Um, more focusing on what we can do to sort of influence the game rather than so much about that. And, you, you, I mean, th that is exactly the point, isn't it? You are in a great run of form at the moment, so you've got to be absolutely thrilled with, with how things are going. You've got nothing to fear from anyone, have you? Oh, no, absolutely. Um, especially at home. Um, that's all we were hoping for, really. Um, nice home draw against anyone. Um, and our home form's been that good that we sort of, sort of back ourselves against anyone. Um, and I suppose, realistically, if you want to get to Wembley, you've got to beat everyone in the comp competition anyway. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Has the word Wembley been mentioned in the dressing room or are you just completely forgetting about it? It's one of those. It's sort of thrown about as a laugh and a joke. Um, not that we're not taking the competition seriously, but obviously it's a dream for, for us all. Um, and it's very achievable in my eyes. Um, and I think a lot of the uh, squad believe that as well. Um, so, yeah, the management are very, very serious about this competition for sure. And I suppose, obviously, last year you saw Cray Valley get to Wembley and, and that must have given everybody in the whole scaffold a bit of hope. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, we had Canter we were, there was a Canterbury-Cray um, Valley semi-final, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, so we, we'd, all, uh, we'd played and beaten both of them teams last year. So that's when it become, everyone realised it was a very achievable goal um, and, and sort of what a chance we've got for it. And I suppose, obviously, for for you guys as well, you came so close to to winning the league last year. You must be desperate to to go one better this year in that competition too. Yeah, no, last year was bitterly disappointing. Um, real sour note on on the end of a very very successful season. Um, and I think it's sort of give everyone else a bit more motivation this year than ever, um, just because last year was so close. Um, and it's testament to the club that we compete with, like the the clubs that we compete against. Um, obviously, with no budget, etc. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, we're there and thereabouts in the league at the minute. Still, sort of in touching distance. Um, yeah, it's looking good. You had a, a good result on Saturday. The first team all, all season to stop Sheppy from scoring. Yeah, it was a tough game. Very tough game. Um, very even. I think everyone in the ground would. Uh, would say the same. Um, we probably had the uh, better of the first half. Um, we had a goal, soft goal disallowed, which was very unfortunate. Um, but yeah, in the second half, they were strong, to be fair. Um, they had a few chances. Our goalkeeper made one very, very good save. Um, and yeah, sort of a, a fair point for both sides. Um, both teams walked off the pitch going, it's probably quite a good point in the uh, in the season. There's probably going to be a lot of people on Saturday who, who've not seen Corinthian play before. What what can people expect if they turn up to see you for the first time? Um, we're very well, well organised at the back. Um, yeah, sort of pride ourselves on not conceding many goals. Um, and then going forward, we're sort of got some young, very lively wingers. Um, Luke Tanner plays in the nine normally. Um, very good holding the ball up. Works hard, brings other people into play, and got three busy midfielders. Um, we're all, all very good on the ball. All want to get goals, get forward. 
make assists. But yeah, no. Free flowing, sort of attacking on the front foot, sort of dynamic performance. And you said about the fact there's no budget. What's that like as a player then? I mean, you're obviously playing for Corinthian out of love for the game. Uh, absolutely. Um, so lots of the squad have sort of relationships in and outside of the club, if that makes sense. So when you actually buy into the sort of team, um, it's more of like a family. Um, as I said, the change room's so tight. Um, there's no sort of egos, none of that. Um, yeah, it's literally like playing with your mates, but it turns out we're actually pretty good at football when we get together. <laughs> well, exactly. And, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just just finally, obviously, you've got Sporting Calso on, on Saturday. What would it mean to you to go through to the last eight? Oh, it'd mean a lot. It'd mean a lot to the whole... Um, personally, I've obviously played at the club for a while, so... Uh, it would mean a lot. I think they'd be the furthest the club's ever gone in that competition. Um, so that would be very nice to sort of give something back to the club. Um, I think all the players feel the same. Um, and yeah, yeah, hopefully we'll be all right. Great interview, John. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Um, but no, Corinthian, um, you know, flying high. They're, they're very, very hard to beat. Uh, they're, they're winning games left, right and centre, so they drew at the weekend. But by and large, they're a team, and they're at home as well. So they've got absolutely... No reason to think they can't progress. Yeah, I think I think Corinthian will get through to the next round. They're in the habit of winning football matches. Um, I think we sides can sides have beaten that side in that sides in that division, haven't they? Before I think somebody did that. Was it Cray uh, or Canterbury? Definitely beat somebody from that division. I think before. So I think Corinthian have got a very good chance to get through to the quarterfinals and I don't know you're thinking John if they get to the quarterfinals they could go all the way yeah I think I think that they're, they're a side and obviously with those odds we were just discussing they're obviously under the radar um, a little bit our Corinthian and, and but I just look at them and every single time we look at them they're winning games you know it's not as if they're they're, they're stuttering and not in good form I mean Kalsa are in good form themselves I was just looking they've won their last three they scored five away from home uh, on Earlier this week, I think it might have been Monday night they played. Uh, they scored seven in the game two two games ago as well. Um, so, of course, it's going to be a tough game against a, a, a side who I expect will be hard to beat. And they'll come down to, to Kent looking for a, a good result. Uh, they've lost six times this season of Sporting Calcio in the league. So, th they're, they're beatable. Whereas you look at Corinthian and how well they're playing. And the fact that they've only lost four games in the league this season. And, and they were all at the start of the season as well. Any you would say on that game, Corinthians should be favourites. Yeah, they were on that thirteen-game winning run, didn't they, Corinthian? When they were beating everybody, they drew, they drew at Sheppey, didn't they? Nil-nil, was it? Yeah. Yeah, nil-nil. And they've lost. And they lost in the cup, but it was a game. I don't really think the cups, the other cup competitions, are on a par with this one. So yeah, they will be pretty confident. It's a trek from Wolverhampton for Sporting Kazala. I think the Scaffold League. Is a better league than what Sporting Gonzalo are in, from what I can work out. So I expect Corinthian to be in the hat for the next round. Yeah, um, and you're going to that game as well, John. Is like, what I was just about to say. Yeah, I will be going along to to Corinthian. The first time I've been there, first time I've actually seen them play as well. Uh, so I'm really, really looking forward to that. You'll be able to hear updates of that uh, on BBC Radio Kent on Saturday afternoon. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to to seeing how it goes. And I think I was trying to work out. I have been to a Vars game before. I went. Uh, to see Sheppey United against Tunbridge Wells right at the start of the pod a couple of years ago, Matt. Um, but it would be nice to go and see a game where, you know, Wembley is in sight and, and the winners will be through to the quarterfinals. And 
hopefully it'll be an absolute thriller at, at, at Corinthian. Although, if, if I'm being brutally honest, I'd be quite happy for Corinthian to win 6-0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck to everybody concerned at, at Corinthian. Um, Michael Goldie's done a very good job there. Um, and even though the priority will probably say to you after is, oh, it is the league to get us um, up the leagues, I think that everybody at the club would love an absolute day out of Wembley. So, yeah, fingers crossed they can get there. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to your updates there, John. Uh, fingers crossed they can win. Yeah, exactly. And as I've said to my, as I will say to Michael Golden, don't forget which uh, public, which uh, program was giving you coverage first uh, <laughs> when, when they keep going all the way to Wembley. But, yeah, massive good luck uh, to Corinthian and to Deal Town uh, this weekend in the FA Vars because it would be fantastic to yet again have two teams from the scaffold into the last day of that competition. And obviously, the draw will be made on Monday for the next round. Uh, we'll move on then to the scaffold itself, as we hopefully heard in that interview uh, on Saturday. Corinthian became the first team in the league this season to stop Sheppard United from scoring, taking home a point from a 0-0 draw. Beckenham snuck past K-Sports 1-0. Chatham beat Hollands and Blair 3-2, thanks to a late goal from Ryan Palmer. And Tommy Wells in fifth won 5-2 at AFC Croydon, with four goals for Josh Frogger in that win. As we suggested last week, Greenwich Borough's record has now been expunged, so it's worth looking at how the top of the table stands now. We've got Beckenham top with 47 points from 21 games. Chatham have got 43 from 22. Corinthian 43 from 21. Sheppey are two points back, having also played 21. And Tunbridge Wells have 40 points from 20 games. It's still all to play for, Matt. Yeah, Tunbridge Wells, um, they're having a good season, aren't they, really? This time last year, they were right at the wrong end of the season. They probably think they've got a chance. A game in hand, they could be four points behind Beckenham. Chatham, still fancy them with the experience of uh, Scott Lindsay and Corinthian. This time last year, went on that massive run and just missed out at the end. So, a very, very tight division. I would say it's a, a five-horse five title race, would you say? Even Hollands and Blair think they might go and if they go on a bit of a run. But one of those winners will come from the top five. And at the moment, I wouldn't like to say who, really, how it is. But expunging results of Greenwich, it, it, it cost Sheppey a bit, didn't it? It did, but I'm, I've got on my script here, put him on the spot. So I want you to tell me, 25 past one on the 5th of February 2020, who's going to be promoted automatically and who's going to be in the playoff, the top two? Corinthian will win the league. Chatham will be in the playoffs. Well, there you go. Matt Gerrard has spoken. So if you, if there are any odds available, you know where to put your money. Uh, not on those. Not as the case may be. Exactly. Uh, elsewhere on Saturday, Bissett put six past Crowborough as they won six-one. Uh, Dealtown and Wellingtown played out a two-two draw. Lords have won four-nil at managers Irith and Belvedere. Uh, the young Canterbury City were three-two winners at Irith Town. And Glebe went down three-one at Fisher. Uh, this weekend, as well as the obvious, Sheppey and Beerstead meet in the Kent Senior Trophy. And in the league, we've got Crowborough against Wellingtown, Irith Town against Glebe, Hollands and Blair against AFC Croydon, K-Sports against Irith and Belvedere, Lordswood against Fisher, Punjab United against Beckenham Town and Tunbridge Wells against Canterbury City. Uh, but just a reminder of those FA Vars fixtures as well, Concert against Deal and Corinthian against Sporting Calcer. Uh, in Division 1, the standout result came at Meridian VP on Saturday, but it wasn't in their favour as leaders Kennington smashed in seven unanswered goals with three for Ryan Philpott and four for Gary Clark. But Rustall and Rochester kept up the pressure at the top, staying a point behind with a 4-1 win over Sutton Athletic and a 3-1 success at Greenways, respectively. Fourth place, FC Elmsted also won, beating Croydon 2-1. Fifth place, Holmesdale beat Snodland 4-0. Stansford a sixth after their 2-0 win over Lid. And seventh place, SC Thamesmead also won, 3-0 at Kent Football United. At top seven, all winnings opened up a bit of a gap as well in the battle for the four promotion spots. But that is still going to go down to the wire, isn't it? 
Yeah, Holmesdale, I mean, they're deciding in fifth place, 41 points, four points off the top. They've got three games in hand and four games in some of the sides. So you expect them to, to go through and, and win it. Stanfield and SC Thames, me probably think they've still got a bit of a chance in it. Kennington, seven goals away from home. You can't grumble with that. Yeah, decent division, as you mentioned, four sides going up. Adds a real look, exciting look at that league. And I'm sure there'll be even more goals in that division. We'll sides have a look at it, realising there's four places up, but we've got to go for it here if we want to get promoted. So I look for that. Oh, my boys lived down. Uh, my mate, good mate of mine went to see his nephew play. Uh, he said oh, the wind was a big factor in that and he missed some challenges in his nephew. So I'm sure we had a word with him in, in that point of view. But we'll keep an eye on Lid as well. And the guy, the, the guy um, Joshua we had on the show and his, and his nanny who I work with, Says, you know, they're going in the right direction, enjoying their time. But again, she's said, she's got right into it. They're really in football. You've got to take your chances. So she knows after watching football for six months how important it is. If you get a chance, you've got to put it in the onion bag. You can show her in the FM's highlights at some point, then, mate. <laughs> uh, this weekend. Oh, I be pulling her hair out there. <laughs> Uh, this weekend in that division is Croydon against Kent Football United, Kennington against Homesdale, Lewisham Byron against Rustall, Meridian VP versus Greenways, Rochester United against FC Elmstead, SC Thamesmead against Snodland Town, Stansfield against Forest Hill Park and Sutton Athletic against Lyd Town. Uh, let's move up to the Eastern League then and we'll start in the South East Division where most of our sides had two games this week. It was a great week for Ashford United who entirely as predicted on this show hit five past bottom of the table East Grinston on Saturday for a narrow 1-0 win at Citybourne on Tuesday night to say second ahead of a huge clash at Leeds Hastings United on Saturday. If I wasn't at the FA Vars game I'd be making my way over to Pilot Field for that one that's for sure. What a game that is in prospect Matt. There's always a bit of rivalry between Ashford and Hastings back in the years sort of um uh, when I was watching, you know, Dover in this level, Ashford and Hastings always had a bit of a rivalry. They used to play each other boxing day, so that that is an absolutely massive game there. Tommy Wilde over his sides, very organised. Has Tommy ever played for Hastings? I don't know, but they, they, they beat them in the playoffs last year, didn't they? They won 3-2 yeah, yeah, down so, at Hastings. So I think um, a little bit of rivalry will be going on there, a little bit of um, good information. Of that. Hastings good at home, aren't they? That's one of the things Ashford have got to go there and try and beat them on their own patch. But a good game that will be, yeah. And fingers crossed that Ashford can, get, can beat our Sussex neighbours. Yeah, they're in good form, Ashford, as well. So, uh, And they've just signed Adrian Stone as well, Matt, who's still banging the goals. He's 37 now. Yeah, Adrian, I must have seen him for about 15 clubs, Adrian Stone, yeah. Again, a willing runner in, in the front line. I think Tommy's probably had him before. Um, a regular goal scorer at that level. Yeah, it was also a good week for Cray Valley. They won 4-0 at Whiteleaf on Saturday for an absolute thriller at home on Tuesday night as they came from 3-2 down with three minutes to play to beat Whitstall Town. Uh, a listener was at the game at Richard00761191 on Twitter and he says, Stormer at Cray Valley. Whitstall hit at the death with an equaliser and late winner. 4-3, top value at £1 a goal, even if there was no Bovril. Uh, and added that Lloyd Blackman, who is on crutches, was sent off at half-time for debating Cray Valley's second goal. So that must have been... Uh, something to see but obviously the big news there is no Bovril Matt yeah, well I'm more a Marmite man myself so um, I can't think of anybody why would you want to drink Bovril it's disgusting it's like drinking gravy isn't it why would you do that uh, yeah, I'm not a massive... My dad's a fan. I'm not a huge fan. But uh, I will say that uh, Bovril stock cubes are an absolute game changer in a stew, just if you're uh, in the market oh, yeah. for that. So, Thanks for that, Delia. Yeah, no worries. I'm happy to help. But uh, yeah, they're, they're nice and, and give it a little, a real beefy taste. But uh, Cray Valley, <laughs> uh, fourth in the in the league and, and they're having a great season. Yeah. Well, we, we, again, Kevin Watson, when we had him on before on the ODA show, he's a very driven person, I think. And... And we didn't think there was much different levels between the scaffold and 
the division they're in, uh, and the ESPN South East division, he's kept majority of his squad in, involved in that. He's still got Gavin Tomlin banging in goals. I, I think um, Lisby, I think Lisby retired, but I think he's still involved there. But doing really, really well, Craig Valley. Could they go through? Good chance they actually could happen, I think. Yeah, uh, interesting. I mean, because we did speak to Ben Smith the other week, and we're going to move on to talk about Herne Bay shortly. But he did say that there is a big gap between those two divisions. So Cray Valley uh, doing very well. well but... I think Cray Valley had players that have played at a higher level and they yeah. had attractive players. Kevin Watson had a different level. Players who played at a different level, I think. So it wasn't a big jump up for them. If you've been playing Skeffer all the time and then got into that a big gap, I think if you've played at a higher level and gone going down, I think it, you, you, you're pretty used to how that league would be. Yeah, but just behind Cry Valley in fifth place are Herne Bay, uh, who thumped Ramsgate 4-0 on Tuesday night. A couple of goals for Zach Hanser in that one. Uh, after a 1-1 draw at Hyde on Saturday, a good week for, for Ben Smith's Herne Bay. Very good. Ramsgate on <laughs> having an absolute nightmare, aren't they? But Herne Bay, some people said it would be great if Herne Bay, Ryman Premier League club, a couple of years ago they were a scaffold club. So yeah, he's done a very good job, Ben Smith. You know, you look at all the problems of the fallout of Canterbury last year, how close he got to Wembley. And he's taken that form and the squad together. I mean, players like Zach Hanser is a fantastic sign. He's got a lot of goals at that level, which he's proven before. So, really good, really good time to be a Herne Bay fan at the moment. It certainly is, unlike if you're a Ramsgate fan. They also lost home to three bridges on Saturday. Uh, they've got 14 points all season. It's only the fact that East Grinton haven't won that's keeping them out of uh, severe danger at the bottom, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know what's... Paul Bowden Brown thing, of costing budget. You know, at the start of the season, they'd sign a Northern Ireland international, Tom Winter, Liam Friend, players who played at a decent standard, but it's just gone wrong for Ramsgate. And it, I'm just hopefully they've got enough quality to bounce back from this. So you, under the wards, they used a lot of local players here. And I'm speaking to a few people who live around here, who follow Ramsgate. They seem to have gone off that mantra a little bit, and maybe they need they need to look at the Sunday leagues again, what's made them successful, Ramsgate to move them up the league. But yeah, it's an absolute horrid season for them. Yeah, the other results we haven't mentioned in that division on Saturday it was Faversham nil seven oaks two, Sittingbourne lost three one in Guernsey, uh, VCD were beaten three two at Hastings, and Phoenix Sports lost two 0 at home to Whitehawk. Uh, two more late goals for the Brighton Bay side there after they come back against Faversham the previous week. And uh, Tuesday night there were no goals as Seven Oaks met High and VCD beat Ten Man Faversham two one. Uh, this weekend it's Cray Valley PM against Phoenix Sports. Faversham are home to Burgess Hill. Uh, we've already mentioned it's first against second as Hastings host Ashford. Herne Bay go to Hayward Heath. Seven Oaks host Whiteleaf. VCD are at home to Hyde. City will go to Whitehawk and it's Whitswell against Ramsgate. And on Tuesday night Cray Valley host Whiteleaf and it's Faversham against Herne Bay. Uh, in it's a the game, that is. Yeah, they're all there. local derby there. So. And, and Whitsall Ramsgate, obviously, the Lloyd Blackman derby. So he'll be looking forward <laughs> yeah. to that one. Hopefully he's not banned. Well, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, if he's on crutches, it might be easier to sit down in the stand room. That is true. It's a nice bit of space in that stand at Whitsall as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. In, in the Premier Division, a late goal for Worthing kept them top of the table on Saturday. They extended that lead over folks to five points by beating Bishop Stortford on Tuesday night. We'll talk about Bishop Stortford maybe later as well, mate. Uh, you might need a hug. Uh, Invicta kept up their part of the bargain, though. 3-1 win of East Thurrock on Saturday, while Craig Wanderers are fourth after overcoming an early red card to Ben Mundele to beat Horsham uh, with Matt's boots friend Joe Taylor netting. Uh, they dropped a place on Tuesday night as Hornchurch, one of their many games in hand. Uh, Margate went down 1-0 at Merston on Saturday in what was by all accounts a terrible game. Uh, but Bishop Stortford, mate, I know we don't talk about them uh, because they're not in camp, but Jamie Curtin's left. Well, the manager? 
Yeah. Super Jamie Clewin, the best player in football? Yeah, he's gone. He's not retiring, is he? No, he said he was told by the club uh, that he had no future there next year as a player or manager. So he, he upped and went and he said, I was hoping to retire there, but I'm still going on. So maybe, Matt, he might turn up in Kent somewhere. Can you imagine how excited you'd be? Ah, uh, what a... He's the top goal scorer at Bishop Stalford. And I think he's done a decent job as manager, probably in... Difficult circumstances. He's got no future in both. A bit of stall for being taken over by Abramovich or something. <laughs> I do not know, but. Uh, but what, what, what a man. He's still playing at my age, JB Curitan. So, what a man. Yeah. And, he, and if you see, I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, some of the goals he still scores are unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, well. Bishop Stalford have gone down in my estimations there. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, Folkestone Victor at home to Carl Shulton, at home to Corinthian Casuals, and Folkestone will be looking for a favour from Cray Wanderers, who are on the road at the Leaders Worthing. Another potentially cracking game in Sussex this weekend. If only someone lived in Sussex and did this podcast and, and wasn't going to Kent this weekend. <laughs> to the National League South where there were late postponements of both Maidstone at Billericay and Tumbridge Angels at home to Wealdstone. Uh, some lovely comments directed at the volunteers running the Tumbridge Angels Twitter account from the opposing fans uh, as well there. Uh, but two teams did play in a pair of great results. Dartford winning 5-1 at Chippenham and Welling 2-0 victors at St Albans. I actually spoke to both of those managers on Monday at the other place I discussed football. Both were pleased. Uh, Welling in particular, Matt, we've not spoken a lot about them this season. Bradley Quinton doing great things there so far. Yeah, uh, he's a good manager again. I forgot when we had him on the show on Monday, he, he did at Braintree, but he was also a manager at Enfield quite successfully as well. Braintree, you know, took them up first season, probably took them up too early as we discussed before because, you know, it was a big leap up from them into the National League. Again, knows a player, a couple of good goals they scored against. I can't remember the player, pronounced the player who scored the goals at Depot or something, but they were a couple of cracking goals and he's turned it around and it's good for Welling because... They've had an absolute horrid time, you know, the, over the Christmas period when there was a lot of infighting between the supporters and the, and the club itself. But that seems to have turned around and it's a good appointment break with him. So and, and some credit maybe needs to go to Mark Goldberg there. He could have stuck at it as he was because he has once been successful in this division before, but he's got a man, another manager proven at this level. And I can only see Welling going in the right direction and they'll be safe now. And what Brad Quinton said, he thinks they can still get in the playoffs. Well, exactly. Dippo Akinyemi was the goal scorer there, who yeah. was at uh, was at Braintree as well, and 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 so it was quite handy that he'd been at Braintree uh, and then uh, has arrived as well. We had very successful at, at Dulwich Hamlet as well, uh, helping them win promotion there, and he's he's, he's doing very well. And, and Brad Quinton, as you say, I uh, thought he came across really well, and we spoke to him uh, on Monday night as well. And uh, you know th th exactly what you said that there were problems when I saw Welling. Uh, in between Christmas and New Year, the fans were singing, where's our Welling gone? And apparently on Saturday, they were singing, we've got our Welling back. And and that is ex exactly it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And there are some hardcore supporters at Welling. They get 500 every week and they got a good bunch who travel away from home as well. And again, he's put some smile back on, on the faces of that. It looks like the bottom two, St Albans and probably Hungerford are going down. So now it's rebuilding and building again for next season. And Bradley Quinton, again, knows the player at this level. It's a bit like, like Steve King, good manager at this level, he knows his way around it, and that's, it's a good good appointment, and I expect him to be successful there anyway, and, and he started well. 
I did say earlier that was a 2-0 win. It was actually 2-1 uh, for Welling at St Albans. I do apologise to uh, whichever St Albans player scored. Your, your goal did mean a lot to me. Um, um, Dartford, um, Steve King said before that game it was going to be a tough one down at Chippenham. And apparently they turned up down there, saw it was a bit windy and said, right, we're going we're gonna to play with the wind first half, try and take advantage. Change, made a few changes to the team he was going to play and they were 5-1 up at half-time. Job done? Job done. Steve King, seven wins out of eight. Dale McQueen scoring. Liam Nash, they brought in a couple of players from lone players from QPR and Palace as well. Constantly changing the squad. And I'm trying to think of a side that's had so much of a change around in fortune when you've changed the majority of the squad. Um, Steve King's gone in. They must have used 40-plus players this season, Darford. But whatever he's done, it's just clicked. And, and he is a manager. I think you do get the new bounce effect with him as a manager, Steve King, if you look at his other clubs. Because he does start pretty well. You know, I remember when he went into Whitehawk and they were bottom of the league and they were like at about five points and he nearly got out of it there. So, it's... It's a good appointment by Dartford. I, I just, I don't know the longevity of it, but do Dartford fans care at the moment? Because they are the form side in this division and you wouldn't bet against them getting high up in the playoffs at the moment. Winning the league could be a little bit doubtful. I think they're playing Wildstone soon, so that's a big test for them. But yeah, it's, it couldn't have gone any better really, could it? No, what, what I like about Steve King, they did actually drop back to seventh last night because Dawkins Wanderers won, but Steve King respects every opponent and, and he'll tell you before the game, this is going to be a tough game against this team, but there's obviously so much belief that he has built into this team. And like you say, they've com almost completely changed the squad, but they're still flying high and it, it's great to see. There's, there's seven points in the playoffs now. There's seven points in front of Mayton. Mayton have got three games in hand on them, granted. But it's a big gap they've opened up. And from here, there's I can't see any way they won't get in the playoffs. Whereas when he was appointed, we were like, oh, it's too late. It's too late. Um, yeah, yeah, well, I thought it was too late. They were just playing for safety from that. But they're going in the right direction. Can they, can they win the league? Well, they carry on this form. They're going to be riding high in it. Their, their good form has, when you look at Maystone again, no, that could... Dartford winning games is affecting Maystone because Maystone are outside the playoffs as well. So it's some big times for our side. But Steve Keaton, you can't grumble with it. If they don't go up this season, I would have thought come August they'll be favourites to win the league next year. So if you're a Dartford fan, it's probably going to be an exciting time over the next year or so. Yeah, we've got Welling have got 32 points in 16th place. They're 14 points behind uh, Dartford. Uh, but Bradley Quinton thinks there's a chance if they keep on winning, you just never know. This weekend, uh, Welling are at home to Slough. They also play on Tuesday at Hampton and Richmond. It's Dartford against Hampton and Richmond on Saturday first. Uh, no game for Tunbridge Angels as, they, as their opponents, Chelmsford, are in the FA Trophy. Uh, and Maidstone United against Braintree. And I hear Matthew Gerrard on the grapevine that that's where you're going to be spending your Saturday. Yes. I have seen this game as a National League game a couple of years ago and Jamie Day was the manager of Braintree. Mainstone won 2-1. I think it was their first home game of the season a couple of years ago. Um, yep, yeah, I'll be there. Um, looking forward to it because I've been pretty critical of Mainstone, haven't I? Sort of saying they should be doing better. Um, I've only seen them once this season in the Cup and they were a bit lucky in that. I thought if the uh, opposition had a striker in the first half, they could have put them out of touch. But this is now... It's only said to me, as Michael Woodward said to me, we'll probably get on to it in a minute. It's the business end of the season now. May say, no, right, we've got to win matches now. We can't we can't falter at any position. If we're going to get into where we want to be, which is the playoffs, 
They need to be Braintree at home. Braintree are one of these sides who could win 5-0 one week and lose 6-0 the next. So I'll be looking at that one as a game that may say need to be getting a result in. And it'll be interesting to see the crowd reaction now. Do Maystone fans expect promotion? They get 2,000 every week. Again, we've had Oliver Ash saying that you know maybe he can't take them anywhere forward to, to compete in the National League because it, it's quite a, a money-fied league. It'll be interesting to see where Maystone fans say. If I spoke to them, if you said to them you're going to finish eighth outside the playoffs, do you think they'll be happy, John? I, I don't think so because once you've been in the National League for three years, you want to get back into it because it's such a good division. Yeah, any Maystone fans who want to uh, to share their views with Matt Giles, feel free uh, on Saturday. He'll be there. Um, but no, yeah, I, th- I agree. I think that they will be disappointed uh, to miss out on the playoffs. So it's been it's been tough for Maystone the last couple of months. I'm just looking at their fixtures now. Uh, four home games in a row at the end of December, and then since that, this year, I mean, obviously, do two two on on New Year's Day and Tunbridge Angels, then a really good result at having at Waterlooville. And it's just been a bit stop-start for them. They've had games off and, you know, they've, they've drawn with Hemel, lost at St Albans, lost to Dartford. Uh, that was in a cup as well, wasn't it? And, and, um, how many games have they not played? Many, how many since New Year's Day? How many games they've played? Two, three, four, five league games they've played. Um, yeah, and obviously went out of the, uh, of the Kent Senior Cup against Dartford as well in, in between times. But, you know, it, it feels like they haven't played for a couple of weeks because they haven't because games are being called off. And it's all well and good you having a 3G pitch. But if you're playing at places where games are supposed to be played and, and their pitches aren't up to standard, then you are going to find this. And, and they're, they're kind of going to end up with a bit of a backlog on fixtures through no fault of their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the picture of Bill Ericky from uh, Alex Hoda was doing the game said about it. He said he looked pretty terrible, but maybe Bill Ericky could have called it off a little bit before. But... It's his mate's down. You mentioned they've got three games down. If they win all their games to the end of the season, they're going to get in the playoffs or win those. So they just need to put down a marker now. Right, go into a side, put them out, put the game to bed, early draws, and then move on to the next game. Because, again, I look at it last season. You look at Woking and Torquay. Both sides had to change their squads quite remarkably to to get promoted to the National League. And Mason have done it again. But it just doesn't work for Mason, has it? The players they brought in just hasn't worked. So, are they are the players they brought in? Are they good enough for this division? And would they be good enough for the division above? You just you feel that sides will get relegated from the Conference South. Have that window, maybe a year, is your chance to get back up. And if you don't, if you don't take it in that early year, you could sort of stagnate in a tough division. Because I know I speak to you about teams like Chelmsford and things like that. Chelmsford are a big club, but they can never get out of this division. And it's it's sometimes bloody tough to get out of that division. It was some big sides in it. So maybe, maybe the first year when you're out, when you've got a little bit of ascendancy, if you can get on a bit of a run, you can get out of it. Because I fear for them if they if they don't go up and, they, and then stuck in a rut. A bit like Dartford were a little bit. We've been out of the conference for a long time. Knocks on the door, but it's a difficult league to get out of. And maybe the first year when you're out of the National League is the year to try and do it as a club. Yeah, moving on then to the National League. That's all we've got left. And we're first, we're going to hear from Dover's match winner on Tuesday night. It was the only game in the division. The leaders, Barrow, making the trek down to Dover. And what a result it was for the Whites. After the game, Matt caught up with Michael Woods. And for a bonus point, see if you can guess which part of the interview made me swear when I heard it earlier on this morning. It's a nice feeling scoring a late, late winner like that. Yeah, it was. It was a, a proper shift from the lads. Um, we knew what they were all about, you know, for, for me... Uh, you know they're the, they're the best team in the league. They're the best team we've come across this season for sure. They they pop it about. You know they've got a way of playing, and it's you know you can see for yourself. Second half they 
they put us under a lot of pressure and it was difficult. Um, but the lads dug in. Um, you know, we were on our last legs at the end. Um, but, you know, this, we'll always create chances. Um, you know, we've got a lot of pace all over the team and um, Shad's put a, a great ball, you know, across the box. And yeah, your first touch, I think, made it because it, it whipped across and you got it out of your feet. It was, uh, it was a great ball. It just opened up. I just gambled and, and thankfully it, you know, it dropped to me. I think had it gone the other way, I think the gaffer would have been asking where I was going. Um, but yeah, great feeling, um, you know, just reward for the, for the effort. Um, I don't think, obviously, the, the home record's been, been well documented, but, you know, I think there's been a few games here where some of the performances have been okay, but the results just haven't come. Um, conceded some sloppy goals. Um, but, you know, there's still so many points to play for, and we've, you know, we give ourselves a, a right chance now. I think, the, say, the probably since about Christmas time, the commitment and desire and the work rate of the team seems to gun up a level. Would you think that's great? Yeah, big time. Um, I think the fitness levels have always been there as well. Um, you know, the gaffers put a, you know, fit squad together, and I think you look at his teams in the past, um, they always tend to, to come on strong towards the back end of the season and you know it's it's business time now you know every point's vital you know there's there's I was looking at the, at the league there there's 11 12 12 teams probably still in the mix um, you're only six points off second you look at it that way yeah it's, that's what I mean it's so tight and you look at the fixtures everyone's playing each other every week um, so you know we've got to focus on ourselves we've got some tough games you know coming up we know that but um, you know with that grit and desire and like I said with the pace that we've got in the team um, we're going to create chances and um, you know I think with Second half, we weren't that pretty on the eye, but again, you look on the, the flip side of it. I think we, you know, we can be quite a difficult teams to play against as well. About yourself personally, probably again since about Christmas time, I think you've come into the side. You've scored three goals in six or seven games now, and that was part of your game with other clubs, wasn't it? Yeah, I think uh, not tonight especially, but I sort of changed my role a little bit coming into the new year. I think sort of Oscar's mainly sat in front of the back four, and the gaffer's given me a little, little more license. He did pull me in just before Christmas and said, "Look, we'd." I'd like to try and get you a little bit higher up the pitch, um, you know, and you know that's where I like to be. Um, but wherever we're, you know, wherever I'm needed, I'll, I'll play. Um, but yeah, there's you know there's huge competition. You, you've got to do it week in week out. You see the the bench, the lads that are in the stand injured, and um, you know Dom, who's who's come in, the, the top quality player. So if you're not at it, you won't be in the team. It's simple as that. You say you look at the league table. Certain players don't look at the league table, but are you one of these lads who go home and study it like an abacus? Yeah, I mean that's what it's all about for me. Um, you know, you get your results and you want to see what the league table is. Um, obviously, we take it one game at a time. We don't want to get um, too carried away, but especially when you're winning, you want to you want to see what you know what the league table looks like, who's playing who, and um, you know, I'm a study of the game. I love looking at the fixtures, who's got to play who, who we've got to play, and um, like I said, if. If we'd have just maybe strung a couple more wins together um, at home, um, you know, we'd have been right in the mix. Um, but you the home, think you're in the mix now, though? Yeah, definitely we are. Um, the home fold's picked up. You know, I think we've still got the most wins on the road. Um, you know, and you know, why not? You know, let's start believing. Let's let's go for it. Weekend off this weekend. Some tired legs out there. Would that be a nice break, or do you want to carry on playing? Uh, there were some tired legs from about 50 minutes, I think. Um, I think one of the lads asked the ref how long was left. It was about half an hour. Um, but yeah, it'll be good. There's a couple of niggles as well. Obviously, we played back-to-back -back Saturday, Tuesday, so um, the physio room has been a bit busy and hopefully it gives us a chance to, to get a few bodies back and you know go again fresh the, the week after. So you're six points from second then, are you? 
Are we not six points from second? I don't know, but that's just ridiculous. You are the most you're the most ridiculous man I've ever known. <laughs> One minute you're like, oh, we're going to go down, we're getting relegated. The next minute you're waving your phone under the face of Michael Woods going, oh, we're only six points from second, Michael, isn't it brilliant? Oh, Michael, isn't it amazing? In fact, yeah, you are six points. You're, you're only five points from third. Brilliant, you're going to win the league. Clown. No, uh, again, somebody did say, I am a half... Fooled. I've been seen it all before from that, but I was making it in. The, this is such a tight division, John. That was my point in there. Right. That if okay. you go on a bit, we've won four, nine points out of 12 there. So nine points in a week has moved over up the thing. They've got 50 points now. Again, will they get in the playoffs? If they take the chances, they can rate in games. Yes. If they don't, no. So they're having a good season. The commitment and desire has returned, which. Early parts of December, I didn't really think they had a couple of home games that they thought they were going to win and, and didn't. And the desire wasn't there. But for the last six weeks or so, the commitment and the desire of the team has been absolutely first class. And, and yeah, I have to give Randy Credit and Tyler a bit of credit for that because they looked at the knees. He was questioning himself as well. But whatever's gone on, the commitment and the desire is there. So, what? Again, I'm not one of these supporters saying that we win a game, we're going to win the league. I look, as I've been there before, and I know this division, the most important thing is is your next game. But they're going in the right direction. Putting you on the spot then, we'll go and get in the playoffs. Yeah, I think from where they are now, I can't see any reason why not. They're in form, they're hitting form at the right sort of time. 13 games left to play. And and it is tight there. That's the thing. It is so tight. And we've seen how Bromley have, have lost four in a row and they've dropped right down there now, level on points with Dover. And and you kind of can look at it and say, well, and, and you know I'm a firm believer that someone rises, someone drops. And Dover Athletic have got it within them. They've they've gone out. They've been quite smart in their transfer market. They've brought in some, some decent players. And it was interesting to hear what Michael Woods was saying there about how his roles change. Now they're looking to improve things as, as they go along. And... and I'm excited. I said at the start of the season, I had Dover third on my list. And do you know what? I don't think that looks like the worst guess I've ever had. Yeah, Woods has been good the last few weeks. He started pretty slowly. You think in the midfield, what can he offer? But he's gone a bit forward. He's got a good engine. He gets up and down. He can tackle. So, yeah, he's been a big part of what uh, Dover have got. The key thing, John, when they get more chances, they've got to score. Saturday, Effiong took his chance. He scored twice. Should have scored a third last night. Three golden chances. He didn't put them away. If if they had a striker, I would say to Dover, yeah, you're going to get in the playoffs. But if young, I'm a, you know, this is turning into the idiot if you're on podcast every week, isn't it? I'm a massive fan of him. But in front of goal, he's just got to think about it a bit more because he's got to, he gets the chances, but he's got to put them away. And at some point, I thought about this last night. If young threw on goal in the last minute to put Dover in the playoffs. Would he score? Probably not, but that—that that is my concern from that point of view. But he's, he's so important for Dover. Probably the first name on the team sheet because what he offers the team, he just can't put it consistently together. Put thing. But we're going in the right direction, and I think, yeah, I think we must be. As a Dover fan from last night, it was the best game of the season. They showed desire and commitment. One all. I thought Barrow are going to win this because Barrow was a decent side, and, and looking at that, particularly with John Rooney, it was, it was pretty good for them there's to throw away but Dover showed commitment and design what they could do so yeah I'm happy yeah of course and what I will say is somebody said to me you look, I need to look at this 
back in the last season, the last 10, 13 games of the season, Dover won really well the back end of the last season. If they can replicate that form, they'll definitely get in the playoffs. So maybe Andy Hissetada's sides do get better as the season goes along, because if it does... That's good news if you're a Dover fan. And obviously Dominic Polion came in, and the goalkeeper as well, Ashley Maynard Brewer. How, how did he look last night? Uh, early on, he had a couple of flats, but he made a couple of good saves. He came out Schmeichel-esque to, um, you know, it was like a sort of a big spread eagle to, um, starfish, saving it from there. Could boot it as well, left-footed goalkeeper. Uh, he could boot it down the pitch. Yeah, he, he grew as the game went on. Apparently, he's highly rated at Charlton. Mersin. I thought Mersin did well over the Christmas games. Nothing you could do about the... Um, the, go- uh, the goals you can see against Bromley but I think Andy Santana was a concern as I have with the season with the ball at his feet he can be a little bit sta- static on his feet and this guy's again another sweeper keeper and that's what they want to do the keeper to be sweeping it up and clearing it long and playing with his feet so I can see why he's gone but I feel a bit sorry for Mercin and I don't expect him to be in the Dover shirt again well, there you go. Dover, as we said, are now level on points with Bromley, who are bang out of form, lost at Halifax Saturday and had a man sent off. Uh, they host Solihull uh, this weekend. And with your Dover hat on, Matt, a draw between the two sides directly above you and directly below you would be perfect, yeah? Yeah, we want Neil. We need Bromley to, to find a little bit of form. Solihull, again, another side on a bit of a slide. Still thought that I'd tip them to win the league at the start of the season, but they've got financial problems. They've let McCallum go, Tim Flowers has left. Big game for Bromley, isn't it, really? I see Mark Cousins was back playing yesterday for the for the uh, friendly at Dart for the Mark Cousins was back. Interested to see if he's, if he's fit enough for Saturday because he'll walk straight back into that side. So, uh, And there's the good things about Bromley. See them, the, the main stand there, they're looking to uh, improve that as well. It's a good little ground at Bromley. So off the field's going well. On the field hasn't started too greatly the 2024 with those defeats. Um, and they are heading in one way. So they need to pick up a win there. So... It's a club that's growing, Bromley. Do you think they'll be a bit disappointed if they don't reach the playoffs after such a start they had? Oh, absolutely. They'll be uh, they'll be really, really disappointed because it was looking so good. I mean, they were unbeaten for what, 13, 14 games. So uh, the the run of form they've been on is is a little bit of a a concern for Neil Smith. But everything off the pitch is moving in the right direction, and yeah. hopefully on it things will turn around and they'll pick up and and get back back in winning ways. Uh, FC United drew 1-1 with Sutton on Saturday. This weekend, the FA Trophy for them. Last Kent team standing still. Uh, giant killers Royston Town are their opposition, but at home, they'll be confident, won't they? Yeah, where Roy- Royston, what league are they? What league are they? Central, is it? Southern Premier League Central, something like that. Yeah, yeah. FC, well, FC, I'm beating them three, aren't they? They draw against Torquay, they beat against Woking. And the result against Sutton, uh, you expect them to beat Royston. How important is the FA Trophy to them? Would you take FA Trophy glory and relegation from the National League South? Uh, relegation into the National League South? I don't really know, but it's a game maybe you could put the try and get a grow a little bit of confidence. I think the following week they've got Jolly at home, so it could be they're going on. They're on a five-game winning streak. That's so a massive game for them. So. What is the priority for the trophy? I suppose they'll be in the quarter-final there, so they can sniff Wembley again, can't they? So, yeah, I expect them to beat Royston, I would have thought. If they don't, there will be a lot of doom and gloom around, I would have thought. Yeah, Royston have had a great run in the in the trophy, though. They've beaten Chester, yeah, Boreham yeah. Wood, uh, uh, all sorts. They're also managed by one-time Gillingham Loney, Steve Castle as well, a, a combative midfielder who also played for Leighton Orient, Plymouth, Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, so it, I, I think it will be a, a, a tougher game than maybe Leighton Orient are expecting, but I still think they should have enough. Well, is he? 
I he, think he applied for the Dover job one year. He is 53. Must be about 50, isn't he? So he's 53. Yeah, I think, um, I think when Gary Bellamy did it years ago, this is a long time ago, I think he applied for the David job. I know he's been, I'm sure he's been interviewed for the David job, Steve Carl. So he, he's had some jobs there, I think, isn't he, non-league? No, he's been at Royston for quite a while, actually. He's been at Royston for yeah. um, six years yeah. or so. So He was a good, yeah, he's a, he was a good lower league player. So probably knows probably Kevin Watson as well from there, links from there. Yeah, so they got past Kings Lynn, which we all thought it could be a bit of a banana scheme, but now they're the red-hot favourites against Royston. But I think that competition, there's quite a lot of lower league sides left in it. So they'll be absolutely... Yeah, where, where does the priority lie? Where would you say would they take Wembley in relegation, John, or not, or, or stay up and go out down? I, I think that if you gave them the choice, they'd probably choose staying up. But I think with how things are uh, at the club at the moment and, and the way that the future is, would they look at it and say, well, well let's have our moment of glory this year because we don't know what's going to happen next year anyway? Yeah, good point. And they've also had a good day at Wembley from that. You, you think about that, it was 2008, good side there with Liam Dace and. They kicked on a little bit, but then the my football club thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I expect to see them in the quarterfinals. Yes, there we go. Well, we will find out how they get on uh, next week, Monday night. We're doing a radio show. Uh, we're going to be having a park running dinosaur uh, joining us in the studio. So uh, if that doesn't want to make you want to listen, then what will? <laughs> uh, don't forget to follow us. Well on... worth the uh, license fee. Exactly, three pound. It's gone up. That, that pays our no. Uh, <laughs> um, don't forget to follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Kent NL Podcast. On Facebook, you can find us at Kent Non-League. Uh, do give us a retweet as well of our shows. We really appreciate every single time that happens. And also, do not do get in touch with us and let us know what's going on at your club. Uh, as I said, I'll be at the FA Vars game on Saturday. Matt will be at Maidstone uh, against Braintree. If you see us, come and have a chat with us. We'd love to talk to you. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to let you go now. And uh, hopefully, you've all enjoyed the show this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll speak to you next week. I'm off to Blue Water to talk some non-league players.